This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia, and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. This is Chris Saxman on the VIP Podcast. Joining me today is State Senator Joe Morrissey. Joe, great to have you here. Chris, great to be back. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Well, thanks. This show is brought to you by the uh, VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I am the executive director, as you know. I do know that. I know that for years you worked to expand broadband in the Commonwealth, and uh, we're not all the way there yet, most of the way and you deserve a great deal of credit. Well, thanks, Joe, I appreciate that. You know, Joe, I know your, your, your time is pressed and I appreciate you coming on sure. here. Uh, big issue in your district and over the course of the, 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 especially after the election, since Richmond defeated, the, the citizens of Richmond don't want a casino apparently, opened up a doorway for Petersburg to potentially get a casino. Talk about your effort to do that. Well, you teed it up really well. Uh, no charge. The, <laughs> the General Assembly created five casino licenses. And Richmond was one of five. Right. All the cities held referendums. Four of them said, we're in. Yes. The voters said, yes, we want it. And by overwhelming margins, Richmond held their referendum last November and the voters said no. Now, that casino would have been right in my district in Richmond. But the voters said no. I was disappointed. Sure. Many other people were. But you know what? You've got to respect the electorate. That's the decision. You run an election, you win by two votes, you, you respect it. You lose by two votes, you respect it. So what Richmond essentially did is said, well, we don't like the results, let's have a do-over. And, and that's not the way the system works. And um, so I represent Petersburg as well. Petersburg is in a prime location, right on 95, like Richmond, 20 miles south, to have a casino. So. Um, my bill in the General Assembly will allow Rick Petersburg to get that casino license. And once I put that in, of course, Richmond says, well, we want a do-over. And I said, and, and many people are asking, why? If you lose again, a do-over next year? Right. The next year? Right. And you just win by fatigue? And um, so the, uh, it was interesting when we had the hearing before the Senate uh, Gaming Subcommittee Richmond officials came in and said, but we didn't get our message out correctly in November. And I pointed out right after that, well, you spent $2.5 million to $200,000 for the people that won. So you outspent them, you know, 12 to, to 1. Wow. And you didn't get your message out. So... Anyway, I think uh, they got the message out. It just wasn't doesn't approve by it the, wasn't, the citizens. It wasn't received by the citizens. And no. we can all, and, but that's how our democracy works. And I think it's really an embarrassment that at least eight city council officials would say, you know what, didn't like the result, let's have a do-over. I wonder if those eight city council people, if they won their election, say by a small margin, and their opponent said, let's have a recall. Let's have a do-over. They'd be up in arms. Oh, no the electorate spoke, let's honor that. So, and you know, that's, but that's part of our culture, Chris. You know, you and I have talked about this before. We have a society where everybody that shows up gets a trophy. <laughs> and if you lose, well, you don't really lose. 
you just do it again. Now, I'm all about kicking yourself off the mat and trying again, but you do it in a democratic process. So I'm sure this, the council, <laughs> city council of Richmond is very, is very pleased with that. Uh, I could care less. I know. They're acting in an amateurish way. They're acting, they're not faithful to democracy and to they're our not, democratic to process. Your, to your, if I don't, I don't mean to put words in, but they're not respecting the will of voters. Well, are you, that's exactly it. As my grandmother would say, spot on. The voters spoke, honor it. I did. That casino would have gone in the heart of my Senate district. Right. But I thought, you know, and I was disappointed Wednesday morning, but you move on, you accept it, and you start planning now, again. Does Petersburg, uh, the citizens, at least the city council of Petersburg, do they want a casino? Do Both they the, favor city, the citizenry and the city council want it, yes. And have you done any polling to, to, to know this? or you just? You no, know, I've spoken to all of the city council members. Okay. Um, and, you, you know, you're, as you know, I'm pretty good at getting, feeling the pulse you're of the, the community. You're I'm on the, the down there in Petersburg all the time. That, that, that election in 2019. You listen to people. That's what you do. Right. You don't sit home, dial for money, put commercials on the air, and sit back, eat bonbons, why, uh, and instead of campaigning. You get out there and you listen to people. Right. And I'm down in Petersburg, even during session, two, three times a week talking to folks. So I know what they want. Um, they said that they want that casino and they'll support it. And importantly, if you look at the casino legislation, it's to help impoverished cities like Danville, okay, like Bristol, uh, the two in the peninsula area, and and Richmond. There's Norfolk and Portsmouth are the other two. Yes. Like yes. Sort of five were Richmond, Norfolk, Portsmouth, Danville, and Bristol. Correct. Richmond said, no, you're coming in. Petersburg wants this. Let's do this. It would be on the ballot this, this fall. Exactly. Uh, Petersburg is the next man up, and we're going to be prepared. Any uh, proposals that have come forward from any gaming operations that want to look at Petersburg? Not written proposals, but the same players that were involved in the Richmond area uh, want to be involved, you know, down in Petersburg. And here's what's interesting. Petersburg got, I mean, uh, Richmond got the casino, Casino One, or One Casino, mm -hmm. got the bid. And I called them Wednesday morning, the day after the referendum in November, after they lost. And I said, listen, let's, let's try in Petersburg. And they were all about that. And we went down and met with the mayor. Right. And they said, and then at the end of the, our meeting, they said, well, we'll be the preferred vendor, right? And the mayor and I looked at each other, no. It's a competitive process. You put together your best proposal and the best person wins. You know, they don't have, a, the person who starts, you know, in the Super Bowl is the best quarterback on that team, not the one that, that has day. an inside track. That day. That day, That's sure. Right. So, just came to me, did Richmond fail because they picked the casino and then had a vote because it became a vote on that particular casino versus the issue of whether Richmond should have the license or not? No, no. Richmond already had the, the uh, had the, one of the five licenses. The city council selected one of six proposals and then it went to the city, the electorate, to determine, do you want a casino in Richmond? They, and the voters said no. But was, it, but was it because of that particular casino? Oh, no, no, no. The people weren't dialed in. It's not like, oh, no, we would have voted for the casino if we got Bally's or if we got no, the Cordish but, but, Group. But it seems that they had something to look at and go, there was enough of them to go, you know, we just don't want that. We don't want it here. We don't want it in this particular part of the city. Rather than saying, yes, Richmond, we support a casino. The city council, go do your worst. 
So city was council- it, was, it, was it out of sequence? I don't think so. Okay. I think city council vetted, I know they did, they vetted six proposals. Right, but should they have done that after the election? Well, no, I think it's important for the, the people to say this is a group that's going in there. Um, I don't think it made a difference. The people were voting casino, yes, casino, no. Okay. They weren't voting yes to a particular casino operator or no oh, okay. to a particular. So what, what, was the, what was the underlying uh, negativity towards a casino? What, why did the people vote no? It, it passed overwhelmingly in the African-American community. Not did. Yes, did not pass in the white community. Um, now, whether you want to say that's fair or not, that's part of the system. It's the way it works. Um, but there was no racial undertone. I didn't see any. But just and so in the, in the wealthier West End areas of Richmond, that's where the, that's where in the North End, Ginter Park. North side, area. yes. They said no. Because they're not economically I'm not sure. I can't. Was I, it economic or, or was it? Well, I think part of it was that some it. people didn't say, said not in my backyard. Right. And that extended to not in my city. Right, right. For example, in Northside, they did not want a casino in Scott's Edition. In the West End, they did not want a casino out there. And I think their no was more to not in my backyard. Oh, by the way, not in your backyard either right, right, right. in South Richmond. Quite frankly, how, how did they it do it in South Richmond? It would have been great. No, no, no. How, what was the vote in South Richmond? They won it by 70%. Really? Yes. Wow. And I campaigned for it. I lobbied for it. I, I debated for it. I, I, put, I, I laid it on the line campaigning in South Richmond, and we got it. Right, right. 70-30. Was I disappointed? Yes. But I respect the system. I respect the way we go. Right, right, right. And uh, if, we, if we can, just pivot off of the casino, because obviously you're... Well, let's back it up. Where's the bill? Uh, my the bill passed unanimously in general laws Senate sub. It's now before House sub general laws right as we speak. Kim Taylor's bill. Yes. Okay. Similar bills? Exactly. Exact same. same. Okay. Yes. And so your next step is full general laws? Yes. And you're so far on the uncontested calendar. Any pushback from general laws? Committee? Haven't heard yet. Okay. But you've, you've been through this a lot. You never, you keep your pedal, your foot to the metal on it, and you keep, you keep pressing until the governor signs it. Oh, absolutely. There's no, without question. Um, seeing as you're coming from the majority in the Senate, you're the minority in the House, um, and people have been talking about openly that there are several swing votes in the Senate uh, on the majority side, yourself, Chet Peterson, Linwood Lewis, Monty Mason, perhaps. Um, talk about the, the inner conversation in, in the General Assembly about what bills that the governor is interested in that you, that you might be disposed to, to look at, predisposed to look at. Like, yeah, because you've been, you've been on school choice. You, you, you've, you know, people, when I talk about Joe Morrissey, I'm like, don't underestimate Joe's ability to agree with you because you, he's an open-minded guy. <laughs> it's an interesting way to put it. Well, here's the thing, Chris. You look at what I'm going to support, and you say, where has Joe been on these over the years? School choice, check. Yeah. Um, against abortion, pro-life, check. Cutting taxes, check. So the, those issues that I've supported and have supported my whole life Certainly, my whole legislative life. I can vouch for I'm you. I'm right there, so it's not like 
oh, I'll give me this casino and I'll give you pro-life. No, 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 no. That's, no, not, that's no. not a trade you, you make. Exactly. I mean, I've been pro-life since, you know, I was what, a sixth grader at St. Michael's in Annandale, Virginia. I remember Goldman said something like that. He said, well, are you going to change your, uh, you know, voting against abortion in favor of the casino? I said, Paul, that's utter nonsense. Right. A pure poppycock. I said, I have been a pro-life Democrat since you've known me and we've Absolutely. known each other since January of 2008. So what happened, this is how I vote. It's real simple for me. What's my conscience say to do? I don't vote on what's best for the party or myself. What's best for the Commonwealth? Now, it doesn't mean that I'm... Because I'll never forget, I will never forget the night of your election in 2019. We went to the the party in Petersburg. Uh, John Fredericks was broadcasting that night. And you sat down and you said with a Cheshire cat grin on your face, I don't owe anybody anything. Right. I don't. How liberating is that now that you're in the Senate and are seen as a swing vote? Yeah, it's very liberating. I campaigned. You know what's interesting? This is, I'm glad you pointed, pointed that up. I was doing a radio show back during that primary. Before I got elected, when I'm running in the primary, I'm running and I'm saying I'm pro-life. Kathy Tran's bill that would allow a late-term abortion, wrong. Why aren't you Democrats speaking up? You, you, you would agree to take a life at the ninth at the at the end of gestation, ready when the baby's ready to be delivered, and and people are saying, oh, Joe, why are you saying that? You got a primary to win because that's my beliefs to my core. Okay, so you're right. I don't owe anybody anything other than my fidelity to do what's best for the Commonwealth and your district first and foremost. You got it. And your and conscience, well, your conscience first and foremost. Yeah. It, it, Boy, I'd love to go a really deep dive on that in the direction of the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party used to have a lot of pro-life people, and not necessarily you know uh, zero exceptions pro-life. Um, and we've got some bills yeah. coming in this year. Where where is the dynamic in the Democratic Party? Because you won overwhelmingly in your district. Yeah, yeah. I, I as think a, as you're, and it was a majority minority district. Right. People think you can't be a Democrat and be pro-life. Well, I am. And I am, okay? In a city that is overwhelmingly Democratic, Petersburg, I won 72% to 28 across the board in every district I won by at least 70%. There's seven wards. So don't tell me that Democrats aren't pro-life, okay? Because you're speaking to one and obviously people supported me. And or is, not, is, it, is it just not the overriding issue that everybody thinks it is? Number one, I don't think it's the overriding issue that everybody thinks it is. But I don't, sometimes Democrats get pigeonholed into, you can only have public schools and nothing else. You can't have private, parochial, charter, contract, home. You got to have public schools. I don't believe that. Okay, I've sent my kids to public schools. They went to public schools in Richmond. They're in public school now. But I think there's a basket of choice, parochial, contract, private, homeschool. Let put, no, don't pigeonhole a child into one. That's why I believe in pro-choice when it comes to just to schools. And, and the people seem to say, that makes sense. You know, my positions on pro-life, Democrats across the region say, that makes sense. I'm not going to I'm not going to vote against Joe because he votes his conscience on the sanctity of life. But 
almost every, but there's no other pro-life Democrats in the Senate. Well, what was the key to success in winning in 2019, Joe? You, you ran as That's a- simple. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no. That's so simple. People are much more, they want to see sincerity, they want to see conviction. I loved, when I had my walking sheet, a lot of Democrats, they'd walk up and they'd say, oh, that's a Republican household. They look at all the Republican primaries they voted in. Skip that. Not me. I'm knocking on the door. Mr. Johnson, Joe Morrissey, what are you doing here, Joe? And then I'm talking to them, and here's what I would get a thousand times. Joe, I'm not a Democrat, I'm a Republican, but I like the way you fight for what you believe in, and if I did vote, I'd vote for you. People want politicians that have convictions, okay? And it's easier to follow. Yeah, and if you, you know, know where they, someone's going, you, you know where they're going, you can get behind them. Yeah, you know, it's like, like I said, I mean, what Democrat in the in the Senate, but even before that, was critical of other Democrats? Like I was critical of Herring. I criticized him for waffling. I'm I'm a get when he's a senator. I'm against you know, uh, single-sex marriage, but then when it became important to run for governor, I switched and I'm for it. That's not me. You listen, I'm not perfect by any means, but I'll tell you this, when I speak, I know I mean what I say and I say what I mean. And I hope people will agree with it, but if they don't, that's, that's okay too. Right. Because they have their, their opinions. But what you know when you get with Joe is that he speaks from the heart, and uh, I, what I don't do is I don't, well, let me see what the poll says. Well, you're, you're never malevolent, malevolent, yeah. malevolent. You know, like Bob Marshall in the House uh, for years and, and Dick Black, there were two very pro-life Republicans. One got along with everyone, one didn't. Yeah. And the one who got along with everyone got a lot more done. And people yeah. said, you know, I, I disagree with Bob on these issues, but I like him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that goes a long way in this business. It's funny because one time uh, Bob was asked at a dinner, he said, do you get along with any Democrats? Can you work with any Democrat? He said, I can work with Joe Morrissey because, <laughs> you know, and right now in the right. Senate, I look at the Republicans that I work with all the time, Richard Stewart, Bill Stanley, Siobhan Donovan, Todd Pullian, uh, uh, up and down the line, uh, Emmett Hanger. These are ours that I, that I work with and we get things done. You talk about it's fighting. not a sin to work no, to work with people across on the other side of the aisle. No, I, th- I think it's very much, uh, very much an asset. Um, you talk about fighting for people, the conviction, the authenticity. Uh, you, I think you mentioned uh, what, I don't know what the word you you use for his authenticity is it's believable. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you come across that way. Where does that fighting Joe Morrissey brand come from? Was it was it at a at a young age on the schoolyard standing up for people, or are you just are you just been scrappy by nature the whole time? You know, you know I'm Irish. You know I come from a big Irish family, and you better be scrappy. You know you went eat. to Catholic high Catholic high school, Catholic middle school, and you know. We, we settled our differences, you know, on the, uh, on the playground. We might get in a little dust up, as they say in Australia, but by the afternoon, we're best friends again, you know? Um, so I grew up, you know, I would say, you know, you had to be a little scrappy. I believe that I love competition. I think competition is good for this country in every area. And I, I, I'm not hesitant to fight for or stand up in what I believe in. I tell my kids, I've got four little kids, as you know, mm-hmm. four, five, six, nine. And I said, listen, here's one thing that you will always do. You will always stand up for your sibling in school. And if you ever, ever see somebody bullying somebody else, 
If you walk away from that, you are equally guilty. You have to intervene. You have to stop it. And if the teacher said, and if, if it means that you're fighting to stop a bully from hurting somebody smaller and you get in trouble, I'll always back you up to the principal. So that's part of it. You know, I believe in giving people second chances. I don't like bullies. And, um, you know, so I don't know if that answers your question. The Fighting Joe has kind of developed over the ages and, you know. It's not a bad brand. I don't like it. I don't mind it at all. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it served you well. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. I remember yesterday I was uh, meeting with some people in the, in the uh, about the casino. Yeah. In fact, in the delegate's office. And the, um, there's this one guy there that had sent out a, a uh, Facebook post two years ago. And he equated my wife to being repeatedly raped. So I'm at 30 minutes into the meeting and I'm saying, by the way, put the things, did you write this about my wife? You know, uh, equating her to Sally Hemings and being the concubine of Thomas Jefferson and being repeatedly raped at 14. Did you say that about my wife and indirectly my children? And he's, uh, uh, I asked you a question. Did you say that? And he said, uh, uh, yes. And then I got in front of my, you ever do that again? You ever say anything about my face? I'll rip your heart out. I'll put my hand down your throat and rip your heart out. Now, I'm going to stand up for my family. I'm going to stand up for my children. I'm going to stand up for my constituents. And some people that are listening to this now say, yeah, I like that. He's, 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 he's got convictions. Or no, I don't. You know what? I'm too old. I'm set in my ways. That's where I am. I'm a fighter. And always have been. Yep. I mean, and the other, and this, when I was in the House with you, you had the majority, and there's two things you could do if you were on the minority. Just mail it in, you know, not fight, or still fight for your convictions, and I did that every day. I mean, you, you remember my four speeches and, uh, you know, going up, for, you know, against Gilbert and, and the speaker, but it's part of the process. You just give your best every time. Um, that's what you do. You show up in life, that's half the battle. The other half is giving your best. Right. Um, and that's uh, how I, I teach my children. You mentioned uh, my two little ones, Chase and Maverick, earlier. I remember Myrna and I were at Chase's first football game when he was four, four and a half, playing flag football. And he, and he had the flags on and two things happened. We got caught from behind and they took his flag. He cried and we didn't catch the person, he cried. And, um, and then he wouldn't give it his full the next series because he's thinking about that. Well, at the end of their first game, I don't know why, and I just said, he gets the Sportsman of the Day Award. And both my wife and I didn't like it because he didn't deserve it, okay? So we're going home, and I, and I said, and I, I talked to him about that, and uh, uh, I introduced him that afternoon to suicides. We stopped at Kmart, got a whistle, we were, oh, oh the, okay. You know, running 30-yard <laughs> yeah, sprint. So you have to come up with a new name for that one. Called it Suicides. Right, right. The, suicide the sprint, the sprint drill. Yeah, the sprint drill. You, you run in basketball court suicide, you know, from baseline right, right, to right, center right, court. Right. So we did 30 of them, okay? And I said, Chase, you never, ever give up in football, okay? You may have a bad play. Don't give up. And I said, and your mom and I decided that that award you got is going back because you didn't earn it. Now he's four and a half, almost five. 
That next Sunday, we're going to the game, and he walks up. And I told the coach, and he said, Daddy, if I hustle this game the entire game, can I keep my award from last week? I thought that was interesting. I said, if you hustle this game, yes. And that game, and every game after that for the last two years, he never, ever lets up. Um, he plays over in the East End uh, of Henrico with the brothers, and, uh, and uh, they have position coaches for six-year-old, starting running back, starting def defensive back. He's an all-star, and he's just one of the smallest players out there. He never quits. And, and that's, that's what you pushed him. That, yes, and that's where I think that's what you do in life. That's what you should do as a legislator. Never quit. Never give up. Have your convictions. Don't shy away from them. And if people like your convictions and they like that, you know, fight, then they vote for you. And if they don't, which is okay. Right, right, right. It's okay. Then don't vote for the person. Well, and that's, and I guess that brings to to a topic because you, you brought up the, the the issue relative to to your wife and your family, and it brings you to the to the pardoning by by Governor Northam. Describe that process. What led you to? I assume you applied at some point, um, and you know, it just it just popped up at the end of the Northam administration. People were like, oh, Joe got pardoned. Right. Uh, talk about that. Well, um, the pardon involved the relationship between Myrna and I, and as you recall, um, Myrna. Uh, uh, had graduated from high school. She had been accepted to the governor's school, was in college. I met her at her doctor's office. We be began a relationship. We fell in love. We, had, we got married. We have four little children. Um, what are the ages of the kids now? Nine to five? Uh, eight, the, the three children that Myrna and I had together are ages six, five, and four. Okay. Okay. And uh, we also have a, a, a nine-year-old. Okay. And um, so these children, if you've seen them, and I think you have, I mean, they are happy. We've got, the, the, the children are happy, they're excited, they're healthy. And um, it was important to Myrna and I that the contributing to the delinquency charge and the misdemeanor that I was convicted of, that that be pardoned. So for the rest, not for us, I could care less. You know that. I know. But for the children, we thought that was important, and we were very grateful for the governor to issue that pardon. Um, it was submitted at the towards the end of 2021, and the governor acted upon it in December. Okay. And um, describe very, that phone call. Did he call you? Um, actually, his chief of staff called me and uh, uh, called my attorney, Surville, and uh, said, "Senator Surville was your attorney." Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we filed the application, and Myrna and her mother and her grandmother all filed affidavits, said this never should have been prosecuted. We fully endorsed and supported my daughter's, my granddaughter's relationship with Joe. And um, so uh, the chief of staff called us and said, can you meet me in front of the governor's mansion? Um, we went out there, and he said, you know, you know it's funny? I didn't, I didn't plan on this. I had no idea you were going to ask me this. I'm bringing this to my office. Oh, is that, that This pardon? is actually the pardon. Get out. Yeah. This, <laughs> that's, and, that's, I, and actually, I wouldn't have brought it up. No, I, I had no idea you were bringing it up. Because you brought it up. I was like, well, I got to go there. The man brought up the the. Uh, the, the, and I'm, the I happen to be bringing it to my office today, and I had it in here. He, he gave it to me. Handed Hold it, it up to for me. the camera there. There you go. <laughs> Joe, Joe Morris, he's pardoned from the governor of the Commonwealth. Yeah. Pardon me on the misdemeanor conviction. And... Uh, so uh, Clark said, congratulations, and I'll never forget, never forget what he said. 
He said, now go give your wife and those four beautiful children a big hug from the governor. How'd that feel? Felt great. It, um, people said, did you feel vindicated? Not so much vindicated, but as, yeah, now folks are seeing exactly what it's like. And you mentioned the calendar that you saw. Did you see the back picture? The kids were standing, you know, in the governor's office. Um, no, I didn't see that. I, I, just, I, I opened up the, I guess just for the, for the audience, you, you sent out a, a family calendar with pictures. I mean, it's a big, you know, wall calendar for, for, for folks. And um, it shows the more family calendar. Of your family. And, I, and I, just, the first one I saw, Maverick, I'm like, that's a cool name. Yeah. You know, yeah. Especially because I, I think you're more of a Maverick, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. And Maverick does things on his own. He did it in the womb, in uterus. He just did things, did things his way on his, his <laughs> timeline. Um, but so you didn't Maverick, name him Joe? <laughs> no, no that, I would never do that. That's too hard for somebody, you know? Really? I, yeah. You know, listen, Joe yeah, I Morrissey. I, I named my son after, one of my, one of my sons after my father. Because yeah. That's Joe Morrissey is polarizing, you know? I don't want. Why is Joe Morrissey polarizing? He just is. He's, he's out there. No, okay. I mean, he's not just is. You like a fight. You, you don't, you get Good. in there and you, you, you like a scrum. I don't mind a dust up. Yeah. And a lot of politicians shy away from controversy because in politics, it's the only industry where if you do nothing, you don't create any waves, you get reelected. But if you're out there and you're churning the waters and there's some controversy, oh, that might prevent you from getting elected. I don't want to live my life that way, okay? I want to be out there I, and I don't want to, I don't want to play it safe. Right. And so, um, I, I don't, we don't, I mean, look, you're not leading a life of quiet desperation. Uh -uh, uh -uh. You saw the picture of the kids, they're tubing. You know, the, I think I'm only successful when I'm pulling those kids and they're tubing. If I flip them up in the air and turn them over, you know, I mean, we, <laughs> we have pictures in there of chase. Motors, you're you're not going to do the placid water moment. Uh, you're going to oh come no. under the, the tube and flip them up and see how they respond. It, well, it's funny. I'm, 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 uh, I, I'm, uh, I had Chase and two of the girls and one of their friends on the four seat inner tube. And we come back and the girls are great, but Chase is complaining, that's not, we're not going fast enough, daddy, he's six, okay? We're not going fast enough, daddy. So the girls all got out and I said, so you wanna go faster? And you've tubed, you pulled your kids on tubes. You go back and forth and you know, the fun part is getting pulled off, you know, no, sure. rolling off. So we're doing it, and I got a six, seven kids in the car. Maverick is sitting right over from me. I'm driving the boat, and you know how you drive. Look, you turn back to watch the skier mm -hmm. or the tuber. Sure. Do, and I'm doing that. So I'm doing this, and there's some waves coming. So I'm navigating through the waves, okay? Maverick's right there, and he says, Daddy, Chase is flying. So I turn <laughs> around. Chase weighs 40 pounds. It's a big, giant right, right. inner tube. Right. The air got underneath it. It raised it from on the water, not five feet, 10 feet, 15, 20 feet. And I'm looking at 16 feet, chases up in the air. It flips over, deposits him on the ground. He's got his vest on. Mom wasn't on the, the water. Boat. It deposits in the water. Does, what, yeah, on the okay, water. Okay, okay. On the water. And I come back and, and he's so upset at me. And he's, and he's crying. I said, what's the matter? And he said, it's not funny. You threw me on the water and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I think it's funny. And, and we were, <laughs> and I said, come on, get back on and we'll do it again. But 
that's just life, you know? Right. Um, and uh, that's, you know, I want my kids to, 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 to never be afraid to take chances. You are successful in life when you take chance. What's that Matt Damon? Fortune favors the brave. brave. Okay, that's what I, how I want them to live. And the next, the, the first thing though is, they know this from the time. But when you go out, there, when you go out on the boat, yeah. do you set up and go? This is going to be a lesson, kids. No, no, it's you're just in the moment. We're in the moment. We okay. have fun. This is not pre-motive. No, no, we're skiing, we're tubing, and then the next. But day, you're just in when you're in the moment. You you live in the moment. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. And um, but the first thing that kids know is the most important thing in the world is to be kind. It's number one. Everything, everything else follows. You be kind. And, um, and then uh, I want them to, you know, I, I want them to live in the moment as well. Anyway, let me go present some bills to finance. I was, lastly, <laughs> I was Myrna with, with the whole tubing incident. Oh, she knew she wasn't out there. Oh. <laughs> but, 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 but I'll give you an idea one. of how she how, feels. How would she have been with No, that? no. Because last year we were getting ready to go up. I'm taking all the kids up to Lake Anna. Sure, sure. And I was taking Maverick, who was three, okay, okay up there. And we're going to go out in the water. And she said to, to me, said, um, you can't, you know, I was going to put them on water skis, you know. And you've seen my kids. Three-year-old. Well, I have my two-year-old on my shoulders. Sure, sure. Uh, and, and she said, Maver you can't take Maverick up there. He's only three. And I'm looking at her. And she said, he needs adult supervision. <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm going to be there with him. And she said, no, I mean real adult supervision. <laughs> um, and we have a video about that. So um, um, That's funny. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. And, um, all right. you know, we'll live to fight another day. All right. Fighting Joe Morrissey. Loved it. State uh, Senator, <laughs> best of luck today. Thank Let you so much. Bills up today. I do, well, I do have some bills in the Senate floor. But I have three bills, uh, amendments in Senate finance that I'm okay. going to go down right now. Well, we wish you the very best. Okay, and thanks thank for you. serving your constituents. Yeah. Uh, best of luck. We'll have you back on and uh, catch up over after crossover and see how your casino bills are coming along. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Like I said, it's a real honor to be on your show. Thanks, Joe. This is Chris Saxman on the VIP Podcast with my new VIP friend, Joe Morris. Thanks for joining us.